The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. Thank you so much for listening on The Light FM. I'm Braxton. And if you've ever gone through a traumatic experience in your life, loss of a loved one, something else that's similar, you know how difficult it is to even process information in your mind. And so today on Community Spotlight, Christy Hayes from Trauma Intervention Program of Western North Carolina is here to share. Christy, thanks for coming on. Thank you. So tell me, what is Trauma Intervention Program and how did things start with you guys? We are a nonprofit who uh, we serve both Buncombe and Henderson County. And we are one of 15 affiliates nationwide who provide uh, what we call emotional first aid to uh, victims, survivors of sudden tragedy. And that can be any number of things where, as you said, um, the vast majority of cases, there's been an unexpected death. Um, we work through the 911 system. So any first responder in Buncombe or Henderson County can request a tip volunteer at a scene where they think someone could benefit from this type of support. We have volunteers available 24-7, 365 days a year, and the uh, first responders know that if someone at one of their scenes could benefit from that, they call 911 and 911 pages us. Wow. And so how quickly typically does it take for that volunteer to get to the site? We have a goal of 20 minutes or less. Yeah. We've expanded to cover Henderson County, and so that can be a real challenge. We don't have as many volunteers as we'd like in Henderson County, but we try to get somebody there within 20 minutes. That's strong. People are usually stunned at how quickly we do show up. Yeah. So what happens when you do show up? What's the next step? When we arrive on a scene, we ask for the first responder who has requested the volunteer. The volunteer introduces themselves, and then the first responder will generally take the volunteer over to the person or people they've been called to support. Uh, They say, you know, this is, and say the person's name. She's a volunteer, and she's here for you. She's Mm -hmm. here to help you navigate what comes next. And um, generally, we will try to position ourselves physically nearby that person or those people and um, let them know that whatever they're going through is completely normal, what they're feeling, how they're responding, give them the emotional support to get through that immediate aftermath. Uh, In addition to the emotional support, we will try to uh, prohibit a secondary trauma from occurring. Uh, Research shows that a lot of people after they experience a sudden death, sudden loss, Years later, they are still expressing trauma at something that happened around that event, not the specific death, but something that happened or didn't happen uh, that um, maybe law enforcement did or didn't do or a funeral home did or didn't do. And we can anticipate that happening and try to keep it from happening, either by just um, helping the person uh, visually not see what's going on, something as simple as that. We bring chairs and water and Kleenex and all those kinds of things to comfort someone. And sometimes we can use those to actually protect people without them even realizing that that's what we're doing. Uh, We also can serve as a liaison with law enforcement or the firefighters on the scene because they've got a job to do. They're doing an investigation or they're dealing with medical issues. They're not trained to provide emotional support, although they really want to do it. 
they usually have somewhere else to be pretty quickly. So we are able to be with the survivor. And if they have a question or concern, then we can communicate that to the first responders and get them an answer uh, while still letting the first responders do their job. And then we provide practical support, which uh, we have a resource guide that we provide. And it has a list of different companies and businesses that do different things. Um, if there's a fire, for example, uh, once all the investi- once the, you know, the law enforcement and the firefighters leave, generally people are left, um, their home is unprotected. So there are companies that will come in and board up the home. Or if there's been violence somewhere, uh, sometimes a cleanup is necessary, and that could be a biohazard cleanup. So there are companies that do that. We have a list of all the funeral homes in both counties and just different resources that people need after a trauma has occurred. We provide them that resource guide. Yeah, I feel like this is really helpful, but I don't think it's that common. You said only 15 in the country, right? So uh, why Western North Carolina? (laughs) Uh, Western North Carolina has an affiliate because Mandy Atkinson is the CEO of the National Organization of the Trauma Intervention Program. She was a volunteer and then a staff member of a much larger affiliate in San Diego for many years. And she moved to Mills River some years ago. And when she got here, she said, well, they got to have TIP here. And so she um, worked with local law enforcement and government officials to establish a TIP affiliate. There are only three on the East Coast, uh, one in Massachusetts, one in Maine, one in Western North Carolina. The rest are all in the Pacific Northwest and in California. Yeah, I feel like it's so important. It's not something that you often think about having when 911 is called. But, uh, man, I can see the, the need for it. And so, every single person that we help or every single person who I tell what I do, that's what they say. Yeah. It's, it's wow. Yeah. Of course people need that. Right. So uh, for a community that doesn't have this, what does it take to start one? Generally, uh, the support of local law enforcement, um, the, the sheriff of Henderson, the sheriff of Buncombe County, and the police chiefs of Hendersonville and of Asheville, and the fire chiefs, uh, 47 different agencies we work with, but all four of them were on board when TIP um, came into the community. Let's see why they wouldn't be. <laughs> uh, they really like TIP a lot. Yeah. Um, sheriff Miller in Buncombe County sings our praises all the time because, um, first and foremost, as a practical matter, we let his employees go do what they're trained to do. We let them get back to their job. And um, he's also very aware that people in the community need this kind of support and um, that, that we do a good job of doing that. Yeah. So, so what does someone do if they feel like they just start one in their area? Uh, if someone wants to start one in that area, they can call um, our office. Uh, and I'll give you that number. It is 828-513-0498. They will either reach me immediately or get a call back from me. And um, we would um, start the process of, um, of looking into, you know, how their community might start one. And usually it's starting with, like I said, the leadership in local law enforcement and local government. Um, and, and actually law enforcement here are usually willing to reach out to them and say, hey, this is a great program. You should look at it. Right. Because um, it, it, it's not simple. There's a lot that goes into it. But mm-hmm. it's such a great thing that communities I feel like you know would need what about volunteers so for you in western North Carolina this is volunteer run like mm-hmm. that that's what it is it is so I'm yeah, the only, about that. yeah I'm the only paid staff member uh, and I started as a volunteer in January of this year and then uh, took over the role of program director in in April uh, I recruit volunteers we have a national training program that um, people don't have to come to tip with any particular expertise or experience 
anyone who's willing to come to all of the sessions of that training and has a desire to help people. Uh, there's a commitment to work three 12-hour shifts a month. They can be daytime shifts or nighttime shifts. But once someone has completed that training and passed a background check and is willing to take on that responsibility, they can do what to volunteers do because it's, it's not anything specialized, really. It's, it's knowing what people need in that time of trauma and what kind of support they need, which is probably what you would do if it happened next door to you. You would naturally kick in and provide that kind of service. Um, so it's just making sure that someone that has that training and that awareness is, is there as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's 55 hours you mm-hmm. said. So, I mean, in like 30 seconds, <laughs> what what kind of advice would you give to someone that is in an area that doesn't have this, that sees a loved one, a neighbor hit this kind of trauma? What would you say to them, a, kind of the things they would need to provide for that person? Well, we actually have a mini course that we offer in the community for people that might want to have the skills, but not actually commit to the entire volunteer component or people who live somewhere where there's not a TIP affiliate. And uh, we we call it mini EFA, which is emotional first aid. And it's a mini training that lasts around four hours. And we can share the types of skills and do some role playing with people. Um, In fact, I've been doing one just just this week um, with a a community of of grandparents who wants to be more involved with the children in their community and um, support support their neighbors. So we teach basically the same skills that we teach our volunteers, but a much shorter version. And um, the number one thing is just being present with somebody. Um, There's no right thing you can say after a woman, you know, a 70 year old woman wakes up to find her husband has passed away in the night or a parent finds out their child is overdosed or taken their own life by suicide. There's no right thing you can say, but there are a lot of wrong things that people say. And first and foremost with emotional first aid is to be present with the person, to let them know that you are there for them. And sometimes it's not to say anything at all except to affirm that whatever they're feeling or going through is normal. Yeah. And to help them get organized on what's going to come next, but at the pace where they're ready for it. Uh, A lot of it is traditional listening technique. It's just being there. It's mirroring what the other person says and just being supportive. There are no shoulds. Mm. There are no shoulds. There are no I statements. Uh, If I've been through a similar trauma, I don't talk about that. That's that's not what they need to hear. Uh, That's not what they need to hear from me or from anyone else. They just need to get through their own trauma. Generally, it's the worst worst day of their life. And um, the, the presence, the presence and listening is the most important thing people can do without any kind of judgment, without any kind of advice. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone who would like to volunteer, uh, when's your next training? How can they get involved? We're scheduling a training now. Not sure the exact date. It'll be sometime in the springtime. Okay. Could be late February. Could be March, April. Not exactly sure yet, um, but it'll be posted. And if people sign up on our website, which is tipofwnc.org that's tip of western north carolina.org uh, we will put them into our database and we will contact them as soon as it's scheduled and um, we uh, they can also call 828-513-0498 which is our office number and you know either get me or leave a message and i'll get back in touch with them we're always looking for volunteers anywhere in Buncombe or Henderson County. And yep. that's all it really takes is a commitment to um, to want to help your neighbor and to, to, to be at all the sessions of that training and um, to take on that responsibility of three 12-hour shifts a month. Mm. Well, this is truly, I haven't really heard of this until we got connected, but I'm so thankful that you guys do this. Uh, it's just truly wonderful. So thank you for what you're doing and for sharing. Thank you. 
We hope you enjoyed today's Community Spotlight covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.